The best in Bitcoin made audible. You're listening to Bitcoin Audible with Guy Swan. What's up? Welcome back to Bitcoin Audible. I am Guy Swan, your host. And guess what? I, I read a thing or two about Bitcoin once. I, uh, I got a, uh, a read from Bitcoin Magazine today. Um, and uh, this is so the Ion Decentralized Identity System by Microsoft is uh, in beta now. And it's on the Bitcoin mainnet. And I've been trying to wrap my head around this thing. I read the whole white paper. Uh, it's like 20 pages, 23 pages or so. Um, and uh, to be perfectly honest, I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> I, I think I got some tidbits out of it that could be useful. I'm going to dig into them, uh, what I think I did pull from it. Um, but the read from Bitcoin Magazine is super short. It's just kind of uh, a general introduction to the idea, a couple of really good comments. And... Uh, uh, you know, and then, you know, walking us into its its release here. And then I just want to talk about this whole thing and, and how I think this is going to play out or play an important role. This and the many different competing uh, identity systems, what might it actually look like? Uh, and this one is actually a really interesting contender. And there's a lot of new or, or unique things about it that potentially could be really cool. Um it's another one by uh, Peter Schwega, uh, who's killing it right now, uh, posting a ton of stuff on Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, we read one, one from him recently. Uh, uh, before we jump into it real quick, swanbitcoin.com slash guy. Uh, that is a great way to support the show and to get a free, I think it's 10 bucks. It's like five or 10 bucks in Bitcoin, like to sign up, like with your Bitcoin savings plan. Um, so if you have not done your auto buy Bitcoin savings, swanbitcoin.com slash guy. You'll see my beautiful face at the top and, uh, and you'll get some free sats and support the show. Um, and of course, BitBlockBoom tickets. If you haven't gotten those, don't forget the discount. Offer code CC will get you 30% off. Uh, those are just reminders I wanted to hit you with. Now let's go ahead and jump in to our piece from Bitcoin Magazine by Peter Schwega. Ion, Microsoft's decentralized identity system, launches beta on the Bitcoin mainnet. Ion, a Microsoft-led decentralized identity system built on top of Bitcoin, has officially been moved to beta on Bitcoin's mainnet today, June 10th, 2020. The news was shared in a release by CASA, a Bitcoin self-custody provider and project collaborator. First announced in May 2019, the Layer 2 network features its own node structure and is being built as an open-source project. As described to Bitcoin Magazine then, the overarching vision for ION is to furnish users with a decentralized identifier, DID, that could replace the need for usernames. Quote, this DID, like a private key when signing a transaction to the Bitcoin network, proves ownership, Colin Harper reported. Individual ION nodes on the secondary network will be responsible for keeping track of these DIDs and timestamping them onto the Bitcoin blockchain for reference and attestation. 
The mainnet launch is the latest step in turning the concept into a reality and building a solution that is becoming all the more critical to those who want to protect their identities online. Quote, Ion is one of the foundational components of the next generation of trust online. The announcement reads, Using the Bitcoin blockchain, Ion will decentralize the way that messages and application data is encrypted and exchanged. Decentralizing identities brings enhanced security, while also, for the first time, giving consumers the ability to own their identifiers, such as user or login credentials. Following the mainnet beta, Microsoft, CASA, and other project collaborators will be continuing their work to advance ION, focusing on a seamless user experience for creating and managing DIDs to help onboard new users. Quote, Online identity has barely evolved since the early days of the web, with ordinary users still relying on username and password combinations, which are easily forgotten and highly vulnerable to hacking or phishing said Nick Newman, CEO of CASA, per the release. We're excited to help ION take full advantage of technology like Bitcoin to vastly improve authentication, security, and privacy on the Internet. End quote. In February 2020, Daniel Buckner, ION's project lead at Microsoft, suggested that DIDs would be minted via an authenticator app comparable to Google Authenticator. We've gotten some interest from folks who want to run the network, Buckner told Bitcoin Magazine. You could run it yourself. It's just Bitcoin plus IPFS and some processing. But to start, we will be driving credentials traffic through our servers. End quote. All right, that's it. I told you that was a short one. Um, but uh, I think this is going to be an interesting discussion. Um, and if I think there's probably a better introduction, even though I'm going to kind of cover it here. Um, we read one uh, in the past, probably back in March, I assume, about this is another Bitcoin Magazine read, uh, just because this is such an interesting project to me. And it's so funny how, like, I have gotten turned off by the whole idea of anyone claiming anything decentralized or blockchains. It's so funny how ugh, I am about those words, which sucks because they're, they're amazing things, really, like what they've enabled. Like blockchain is an interesting use of hashing, of, of creating a chronology. And it's like that and like the idea really of the time chain, that's why I like the idea of, uh, I like that term better because it's about telling time in a system. Um, but to use something like this by creating a system of nodes that is completely external to Bitcoin and then using a collection, a group of them in order to timestamp the state of that chain, of that new uh uh, set of that new like sort of DNS for you know identities on on the web uh, to stamp that into the Bitcoin blockchain is actually an incredibly powerful use of it. It's again to make sure that system can tell time without having to compete, without having to create an entirely new proof of work architecture and this huge new system with its own token and all this bullshit. Like this is actually a really this is actually using it for its actual 
value case rather than trying to create a new money to compete with it. You've already got this massive proof of work network, the most secure in the entire world. You've already got this incredible uh, system of you know decentralized infrastructure and trustlessness in creating a series of chronological events. Hash stuff into it. Use that for what its unbelievable power is. Why would you be bootstrapping a new network from the beginning? Um, and that's, you know, like, that's all just to go back to the whole, the whole idea that, you know, trying to bootstrap your own cryptocurrency is just a money grab, you know, trying to make a whole new token to do this when all you need is, is an anchor to the Bitcoin blockchain to essentially prove this. And then, you know, some sort of system to store the data, whether it be on the user side, which a lot of the white paper kind of suggests that, um, but also that there would be a series of nodes, um, identity hubs uh, that could store data in a certain way. Again, I'm going to read a couple of sections out of the white paper, uh, and there are a couple of really good things that I think are great, and I do understand what they're saying, but I don't know to what extent it actually applies because their, their examples are a little bit vague. Uh, but real quick, let's hit our sponsor and let me get something to drink, uh, and uh, and then we'll talk a lot more about Microsoft's ION, decentralized identity, and uh, maybe what we know, how we know a little bit more about it today than we did the last time we talked about it on uh, the beautiful Bitcoin Audible, because that's where we are. I think it was actually the crypto economy the last time I talked about this. I think, I think it's a whole different show. It's not even the same thing. Uh, so <laughs> let's take a break right here, and uh, I'll be right back. Okay, so if... Uh, somebody is going to try to make sense of this or better sell this to someone, this system for everything that I have read about and like dug into it so far. Um, somebody's going to need to translate it to English because uh, a lot of this stuff is just ridiculously written. Um, and, you know, it's, it sounds like a lot of they're constantly making up their own terms and their own acronyms to, I guess, simplify things on their end. And I'm sure it looks like a lot of these organizations and attempts to build these systems have existed for a very long time. So I'm sure they have their own language, much like Bitcoiners. You know, I, I thought I, I posted something in a, a normie group just the other day, and I thought I was speaking English, and I clearly was not. So I know how easy it is to get lost in whatever project or thing that they're working on, but it's, it seems so scammy to have something where it's just literally, it just sounds like an explosion of decentralization and DPKI, DIDs, you know. Uh, so uh, it's, been, it's been a little interesting. So, so I read the white paper. Um, and this is in beta now, and I'm still kind of having a hard time uh, because it's a combination of a couple of things. It's like, where is the one guy? I've got like 10 tabs open right now, like reading into this thing. Um, and one of the things that I really, okay, so Ion's core service module is a TypeScript, and then you run a Bitcoin node, and then you run an IPFS node, and then it's on MongoDB uh, just for, you know, developer familiarity. Um, and I'm trying to figure out now, I want to, I want to run a node. I want to see what this is, how it actually works. Um, 
And, you know, maybe it's just like kind of getting in and talking with the CASA people uh, to see if there's a specific or very easy way to get in on the beta for this. Um, and as I said right at the end of this article, it sounds like everything is running through Microsoft servers at the moment, which makes sense. It's a beta, you know. Um, so I, I really have not. But as far as like figuring out how this thing is decentralized, how you know oracles or whoever it is agree on like signing and batching these things into a bitcoin transaction uh i can't i can't figure out how it works um i don't have and the the diagrams in the white paper really don't help um <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting thing like I, I'm constantly referencing back, like they basically give you a little dictionary uh, at the beginning or end of these things for DID driver and uh, UA and uh, uh, DIDs and public DIDs and pairwise DIDs and DIF universal resolvers and user agent apps. And I mean, just like, like I said, it just sounds ridiculous. Actually, I, I want to read this section because I kind of, I really just kind of started giggling uh, while I was reading this. So they, they link to uh, uh, something uh, DIF, which is uh, Decentralized Identity Foundation or something like that. It, it's a, it's a, oh man, now I can't even, now I can't even find the name of this thing. Um, it's, it's something that has been working on this for a while and then they've, you know, found ways to make use of uh, creating a verifiable chronology of this DID system, of, of this identification record uh, uh, system, which is, which is what it is. Like, you're just keeping an identifier in, in the space and then able to attach a history to it, um, attach documents to it, uh, and then attest that, you know, if you have an identifier, and someone, let's say, let's say, you know, uh, a graduation, you're, you've getting, you're getting a degree from a university, let's say Harvard, uh, and they want to give you a digital version, version of this that you can attest to, then you have your, your identifier out in this IPFS node system that you've had for years and you've gotten other little certifications and other things with it. But the university is signing with their identifier and your identifier, this document, um, uh, verifying that you are the receiver of this document, but it's your identifier, not necessarily your, like who you are, not necessarily your, um, your name and photo and home address and all of this stuff, but that your identifier, which if you wanted to prove that your identifier is connected to that information, maybe you have a, uh, they talk about public documents where you would have your picture and a little bio and you know something like that just that what you would put maybe on like a social media thing that you would want exposed um and uh, you know think of it like a linkedin profile and then you could prove that yes it is this public identifier connected to this id that uh, harvard university signed that the linux administration testers signed that the uh that i got a certification for cpr and you know all of this stuff and you can attach that and prove prove that these companies that have these reputations that have their own history and you know gets judged against um for the validity of your own certifications and attestations of uh, uh 
you know, documents in history and uh, person, uh, personhood, I guess. They all get judged and weighted, and you create this pretty cool reputation system. But there's a degree of privacy, there's a degree of ownership that is not really explained, or at least is explained in such a way that I can't make sense of it. And that's always the problem, right? Is that these are great until, you know, does it stand up against a DDoS attack? Does it, um, does it allow you to sign for the existence of something or to attest to some sort of certification without revealing your information to someone? Can it be used to sign pseudonymously about having done a KYC AML at you know, some government institution or something like that and prove the need of or prove, you know, certain sets of characteristics like a, a credit score or an age, like, like how old you are and uh, that you live in the U.S. or that you live in this state or something and you sign and provide that identifier to an exchange so that you pass all the KYC AML requirements, but you don't have to give that exchange any of that information. All they know is that, yes, you are in the U.S. and live in North Carolina, and uh, yes, that you are uh, of the correct age, and yes, it's been signed by the, the uh, FinCEN or wh whoever the hell is, you know, regulating this. Um, and uh, you know, yes, you have the the right and the the proper score and the trustworthiness and the reputation, but you don't have to dump all of that information you don't have to give all of that information to the exchange which is the weakness like so if you can't do that then it doesn't change a whole lot you're 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 not as far as like yes you may still own it yes you may still be able to like it's still an improvement in some form or fashion but it doesn't mitigate the attack surface of um identity thieves if you're still using that identity if you're still using that data as your authentication you shouldn't need it if you can prove it uh like with like kind of a blind signature sort of thing that you you, you can prove that you gave that data and prove that data to somebody else whose reputation we are leaning on and in this case it would obviously be the government because the government is the one saying uh, you know attesting to who the people are and whether or not they are viable like they're the ones establishing the rules and who can and cannot and the exchanges are attempting to be the police of those sets of regulations why should they do that why not have a regulator make those attestations or one entity and then we don't have to give our ids to a hundred different services like you know that sort of thing um and it sounds like there's an attempt at doing stuff like that um and to do uh, you know, zero knowledge proofs like this does come up in the uh, this is actually being using something called a side tree. Uh, don't even get me started um, because I, I can't I have yet. And the, the, the paper's like super long on that. So uh, for good reason, I haven't pieced all of that together yet. But um, uh, this is the kind of this is this is what I'm reading through just to give you just to give you an idea of what what is happening here. So architecturally, side tree based DID method implementations are overlay networks composed of independent peer nodes, side tree nodes that observe an underlying decentralized ledger as illustrated under network topology replicate 
Ledger anchored DID PKI state operations and executed against the data set of deterministic protocol rules to produce an eventually strongly consistent view of all DIDs in the network. The side tree protocol defines a core set of DID PKI state change operations structured as delta-based conflict-free replicated data types. It mutated, decentralized, identifies DID document state. Like the whole thing reads like this. So it's, it's pretty painful. Um, and I'm constantly, I, I don't make it to a sentence without going back and trying to uh, figure out what the hell this thing means. Um, but there are a couple of things that stood out, um, mostly in kind of their intent and uh, some of the things they did sort of explain in more common language. So the first idea is that they're dedicated to decentralization. Decentralization is all over this paper and all of their things, which is great. And they're using IPFS and they're stamping it into the Bitcoin uh, uh, time chain. So it seems obvious that there is a great potential for uh, decentralization. But there is still a method by which they manage the database, that they decide who is in the database and who is not and how that gets time stamped or hashed into the Bitcoin blockchain exactly. I have not worked out how that works. So I can't say that it is, but you know, at least they're paying lip service to obviously trying to use all of the service open source, you know, everything is aligned properly towards that goal. It sounds like, but again, it's not like I read the white paper and I could like make sense of mining. It's like, holy crap, this is interesting. This is fascinating. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making that leap uh, here uh, yet, at least. But uh, here's a quote. Um, Ion has been developed as a decentralized network designed to operate independently of centralized parties and trusted intermediaries. Great, including Microsoft. Ion doesn't rely on special utility tokens. Awesome. Trusted validator nodes. Great or additional consensus mechanisms. The deterministic progression of Bitcoin's linear block chronology is the only consensus it requires. So it seems like everything is just leaning on Bitcoin to tell the truth and the chronology of this system. How exactly? Don't know. Um, but uh, so more to, because my big thing is whether or not you can like privacy preserve some of the attestations that you're making. Like uh, uh, in, in, that, in, in that word, I mean, uh, you know, like testifying that I have a degree here. Can I do that without revealing who I am? And, uh, uh, you know, revealing all of the data associated with that degree. Um, can I show that I am a Linux admin strictly with an identifier that can be pseudonymously signed with so they don't know which identifier it is because maybe I have connected that identifier with my, uh, you know, some public document somewhere like a LinkedIn account. Uh, and if I have associated with that, I want to be able to sign maybe in a forum somewhere or in a discussion on, you know, social media that I signed, uh, with Linux, Linux admins, uh, uh, a Linux admin certification, and I also signed with a, you know, white hat, uh, white hat hacker certification from somewhere. When I'm answering a question about a cryptographic trick or 
you know, a, a vulnerability in uh, some system, but that I don't have to show them my name, my address, my phone, uh, my, you know, my phone number, uh, uh, my uh, photo, and that sort of thing. Because as soon as you've given that information to somebody, it's out there. It's not protected anymore. And you're immediately associated with anything you do with that key. Um, any other signature that you do from that exact same public key is immediately tied to that. And there's going to be databases of companies and uh, government institutions inevitably that are trying to connect every leak at every uh, different avenue. And even if you try to create a whole bunch of different IDs and link back, inevitably there's going to be some unencrypted database connecting all of these things to all of your identities. You know, it'll be like the, uh, uh, what did they call it? Uh, peel tree or peel chain or something like that. Uh, the chain analysis method that they use to attach um, addresses on the Bitcoin blockchain and payments or different transactions on Bitcoin together. Um, how they can like walk back and associate different wallets and addresses with each other so that they basically know that all oh, this huge group of things is you. Uh, and then here's this other group of things that uh, may be this other entity, but then like in one little scenario, you accidentally cross-signed or you mixed addresses or something like that. And then suddenly it's like, boom, this block over here and this block over here are now one big block. Now they're like, oh, this was all the same person. Boom, we got it. Uh, and they, you know, keep updating these things because that's the sort of risk. Like if, if we want a decentra a really decentralized identity system, you know, Pomp, uh, Anthony Pompliano, which, you know, I have my disagreements with him about all the tokenization and stuff. Um, uh, but he said uh, very recently, and I, I agree, uh, I retweeted it, was that, you know, it may very well be that freedom of speech and, you know, freedom to act, uh, uh, you know, in, in the Internet and in the future may very well be entirely dependent on decentralization. Like, if we don't figure out how to make these systems user-owned, somebody is going to control them. Like, if we don't shift over to that, it's gone. Like, if you, if you look at any of the great trends that are happening, like any of the bigger trends that are happening right now, ignoring the decentralization, like, if we don't get them then we'll, we will have no control over it. We will have no control over our reputation. We have no control over whether or not we can say something quote-unquote mainstream incorrect about COVID or about, I mean, Jesus, this, you know, the Knut's book had one sentence about COVID and it got, it got censored. It, like they literally said that you have potentially false information on, in Bitcoin independence reimagined over like one sentence, which was completely ambiguous. Like I read the thing, I did the audio and it's almost out soon. Uh, hopefully, um, oh no, it got changed. He, he, he actually changed or took out that sentence or something. But they literally just said you can't publish because of something completely innocuous and irrelevant. Like that sort of, that's a, that's a real danger. You know, if we don't have true independent ownership, we don't have decentralized systems in the future it's not really hard to imagine that we might not have any of the freedoms that we are used to, um, that, you know, that independence relies on that. The stakes here are not minor, you know, like, like this is, this is a high stakes game that we are playing at 
like, you know, pedal to the metal. Like, we are going as fast as we can into this future, and we are not being very careful. <laughs> you know, our focus is all over the place. We're not thinking about how to ensure the security, at least, thank God, some people are. Like, that's why, you know, I'm here in the Bitcoin community. That's why I'm, uh, and, and I can't hate all these token projects completely even though so many of them i think are money grab and scams and all of that stuff at least they're at least they're working with partially the right idea trying to make these things independent and not controlled even if they end up creating something that's painfully centralized and has a huge conflict of interest and is trying to compete with bitcoin as money and will ultimately fail but at least people are trying stuff um and uh, here's, a, here's a quote, because this, is, this gives me hope that, um, I think this is from the white paper. Yeah, this one's from the white paper uh, uh, of the uh, Microsoft's Ion. This gives me hope that this sort of zero knowledge proofs and the ability to have a history and stake a reputation or, or prove a reputation without necessarily giving up all of the information, tying yourself to um, uh, sensitive data, but being able to prove it still. Um, because like, like I said, I think that's a really, really key aspect. And when I was uh, digging into the credential verifying, they have like a whole page of documents. Oh, I've already lost my browser. Okay, yeah. They have a whole page of just identity foundation what is this no that's side tree verifying credentials yeah and and so there's a whole section just on privacy considerations and like the varying degrees and how you could do like a non-correlatable uh pseudonymous provenance of like i'm over 21 but i'm not going to give you my id to prove that i'm just going to have a uh, signature from an identifier that has the proof of or has that a signature of the government that says I am over 21 or that my birth date is greater than 21 years previous. Uh, so uh, that's really interesting. And the fact that that is actually in this document, even though, again, I'm not really understanding it, uh, uh, is at least uh, very encouraging, I guess you could say. Um, but here's here's quote. Conceptually, DIDs can fall into two classes public DIDs, and pairwise DIDs. And real quick, with these DIDs, remember this is just an identifier, so think about it like a, a Bitcoin address or just a public key, or um, it's essentially replacing a username except for the fact that uh, you, can, you can make derivatives of this, but for right, for right now, let's think of it as a username, and then I'll explain as we finish this quote. Public DIDs are IDs that users choose to knowingly link themselves with data intended for the public. For example, a small bio that includes a photograph and a brief description. Public DIDs are suitable if you intend an activity or interaction to be linked to yourself in a way that can be verified by others. But having everything you do tied to a single DID and traceable across the web poses serious privacy and safety risks. I agree. This is why pairwise DIDs are useful. 
Pairwise DIDs are generated whenever users want to isolate their interactions and prevent correlation. For many users, pairwise DIDs might be the primary mechanism they use to conduct identity interactions. Okay, end quote. So, uh, and from just a simplistic, like since these identifiers are just numbers, like obviously, you know, we're thinking of them like a username, but it's just a key, right? Like, so I can create a derivative key without necessarily knowing that um, the, the one that it is derived from, it is just a hash and just like any hash, uh, you don't, you can't know the information that it was hashed from, but if the, the original data was signed with the University of Harvard, uh, specifically with their key for you got a degree with us, well, then my pairwise DID, my, my uh, separate ID that I created as a derivative, should be able to prove a combination with that signature as well. And there should be a way, just knowing just a general idea of how keys and hashes and things work, you should be able to do it without revealing the other identifier. So I should be able to create a temporary ID when I'm going to, uh, you know, new fancy trusted social network.com and I'm setting up an account. I don't want to connect. I don't want to give them any of my information. I'm testing, you know, like I just want a random like, let's, that's what I'll use all my throwaway emails for, because I'm not going to hand over my identifying information, my sensitive data, who I am, to another freaking company and put it on another freaking computer. And again, the privacy and security concerns that come with that. That's the whole point of this. If it doesn't fix that, then it's not really valuable. Um, or at least not to me. You know, I, I want to be able to have throwaway um ways to log in securely and test a service and prove that I have whatever requirement or thing that they need to, you know, join or whatever it is, but to not that like my interaction with the service should not be one of submission. It should not be one of dependence where I am immediately at the mercy of their level of security and responsibility. The whole point of owning your ID, the whole point of owning your information is that it's you. You have that control again. Obviously, there are scenarios where you have to give that up, where, you know, you need to prove who you are or um, something to a medical professional to get a prescription and then, you know, prove to get that prescription fulfilled, you know, that sort of thing. And um, inevitably, there will always be those cases, and obviously life now is that we give it to everyone and we are unbelievably unsafe. Identity theft is rampant, uh, fraud and chargebacks, and uh, uh, identity theft costs billions of dollars every year. Like, it's, it's ridiculous that um, I think it's literally just a, a sheer lack of criminal manpower that that half the economy isn't hit every year. There's just not enough people to exploit it um, because everybody's information is out there. Like everybody's mine. Like, you know, I just regularly go to, uh, am I pwned? What is it? Pwned or not? I can't remember. I have it in my, I have it in my, uh, um, um, uh, bookmarks. Um, but just as pwned, <laughs> but there's a, there's a website that you can just punch in your email address and see if, you know, is this exposed? Uh, did, you, did you get pwned? 
at some point. And, you know, I check them. You know, I've got numerous of them that have been pomed. 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 Yeah, that's how I'm going to pronounce it now so that, you know, people will know not to talk to me. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess there's not much, not much else to add. Um, mostly I just have concerns and questions at this point um, because, you know, I'm not going to get too excited. Um, there's so many different... Like right now, my favorite thing is just LSATs. Like, uh, like I want a lightning wallet. That's my public key. I can attach things to, to that as I need it. I can authenticate with that to log into a website. Um, and I could create derivatives. I mean, not right now, but it obviously makes sense that you could easily do that. You could create a hash of that and sign in somewhere and never have to reveal your, your official lightning public key. Um, and just by signing these things, you know, you can reprove that you are who you are and you give no information, no username and passwords, like that's such a huge security problem. And it's stupid just in, in general, like it's crazy that it has lasted this long to be perfectly honest, um, for something that is solvable and is such a, like the cost of just the, the friction of having to deal with all the lost passwords, all the compromised accounts, the huge security cost of people's data being leaked, of having to, like, using the same usernames and passwords, using weak passwords, and draining companies of terabytes of data because one employee used password 123. Like, it, it's shocking that this problem hasn't been solved. That genuinely from the 19 late 1970s this was the method and it's still the method uh like thank god for things like LastPass, or what a nightmare it would be to deal with it all um and you know if anybody hasn't used i've slowly or i finally switched fully over and committed to LastPass. um i don't know why i haven't done this sooner uh, because I don't know, maybe something about having like a manual uh, process makes me feel safer. Um, but holy crap, that thing is convenient. Uh, so so uh, I'll give a little shill for LastPass right here. Um, I might reach out to them, see if, see if they even want to support the show. Probably not, but I'd love to promote those guys. Anyway, um, that'll do it. Just really interesting. Um, I'm going to try to get... On my, my node machine, uh, I'm finally making major uh, uh, major changes to this whole setup. Um, I've migrated a whole bunch of stuff to hard drive, so I can basically just wipe this computer that I'm using right now and really make an Ubuntu, Ubuntu machine that is my node and my server and all that good stuff, which right now I just have kind of a crappy old computer uh, running that job and it does nothing else. Um, but, uh, with that, I would love to play around with this. I would love to dip my toes in the water and see how this thing actually works and see if I can find a really good English translation of what the hell this system is and how it works. Um, so I'm going to keep hunting and I will let you guys know as we figure, as I figure that out, and maybe it will be worth a guy's take episode to break down how it works, why, or if it is decentralized and trustless or trust minimized. And we will see. So hopefully we'll have something on that in the future. And until then, don't forget to stack your Bitcoin with swanbitcoin.com 
slash guy. Um, that'll give you uh, a couple of free bucks, like 10,000, 50,000, something like that, sats uh, straight out the gate. And you will help support Bitcoin Audible, bringing all of the best in Bitcoin to your ears. And please, if you haven't gotten your BitBlockBoom tickets, don't pay full price. Offer code CC saves you 30% off. We can hang out, get some drinks, and talk about Bitcoin because that seems like a really fun thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> hang out. Uh, come check out the Bitcoin Maximalist uh, conference. I'm, I'm super jacked about this year, so uh, going to be a good time. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. A uh, huge thank you to Peter Shawega for this article and for Bitcoin Magazine for keeping me updated and refreshing me on all the developments around this and so many other things. They are an amazing resource. And of course, to the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, which they manage for just an amazing uh, group of podcasts. Uh, and just an, an incredible resource uh, with so many things on it. So don't forget to check out the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. And thank you to everyone uh, for making this show possible. With that, I'm Guy Swan and I'm out. I love you all. Until then, take it easy, guys.